I'd like at this time to speak a few encouragements, Lee, to you, and a couple of encouragements to our church. Uh, as I was putting this together this week, I just realized how much I want to say. And on an evening like this, I could just go on and on. Uh, but uh, I'm just going to try to limit my comments to three charges to you, Lee, and then two charges to you, church. Uh, we are engaging, of course, in an exciting and a very important activity this evening. Uh, you have, uh, as the congregation, and we are, as a pastor, a body of deacons, a local church, we are affirming a movement of God among us. Our responsibility is to simply recognize what God has done. There's a sense in which we are not doing something tonight, but God has done something, and we are simply recognizing what God has done. But God has given us a responsibility. We are a congregational people. That means we're not run by the pastor or run by the deacons. We are congregational. We believe that certain things have been given to the congregation. In Acts, the church recognized a need to make sure that the ministry of the church went forward in a healthy way. Acts chapter 6 says, Now in those days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, who we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicolaus, a proselyte of Antioch. And these they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. You see uh, hues, uh, you see threads and, and notions of the whole body deciding that this is a good thing to do, and the whole body giving their consent. In Galatians, there were problems in the church. And when Paul came to address those problems, he didn't simply come to the elders, the pastors. He didn't simply come to the deacons. He came to the congregation. The congregation has a responsibility. So, friends, your presence here tonight is incredibly important and meaningful. At the same time, there are responsibilities not only given to the congregation, but given to the deacons. The one uh, that we tonight are affirming and raising up. And this is especially so. This is especially the case in a church like ours where we're having conversations about moving ever toward a healthy understanding of church government, elders and deacons and things like that. At our church, and I've been on record for a long time saying that the, the deacons in our church function very much like elders. And as a result, these things are in the back of our mind as we... Uh, have this ordination service tonight. So let me begin then with three charges to you, Lee. Number one, remember that the deacon holds a towel. As one man has already noted in our ordination council a couple of weeks ago, 
To take up leadership in Christ's church is not to take a step up, but it's to take a step down. Uh, we do not serve our people from above them, but we serve them best from beneath them. With a towel in our hands, ready to do whatever is necessary to ensure that Jesus' church is cared for, stays pure, and reflects Christ. Some have said that a deacon is like a shock absorber. Uh, they, they sense the needs of the congregation like happened in Acts chapter 6, and they move first to meet those needs. Deacons are not like local congressmen uh, that, uh, that, who, who are lobbied by the congregation to get their agendas through, but they are indeed those who keep their fingers on the pulse of the spiritual and the physical needs of the body so that they are known and attended to. At the end of the day, the deacon is someone who is ready to remove any obstacle or to build any bridge to the ministry of the word and prayer, those things given to the elders and the pastors. And we saw that in Acts chapter 6. That's my first encouragement to you. Remember, Lee, that the deacon holds a towel. Secondly, I would say this to you. Prepare to suffer. There is something about serving Christ's church that invites suffering. And this suffering can come from many different areas. It can come from within, as your own fallenness and your own proclivities and your own sin is exposed by the rigor of leadership and responsibility. So it can come from within. It can come from without. Leadership in Christ's church invites the attack of the enemy. Often there is conflict that is raised from the nature of church, which Jesus reminded us is like a field in which there are wheat and tares. Furthermore, there is some suffering that is just baked in because of the effects of Genesis chapter 3. So there can be suffering that comes from within, suffering that comes from without, from the enemy, and then suffering that just simply exists because of Genesis 3. But the overarching message, Lee, of the New Testament is that the kingdom of God and the Great Commission and Jesus' church are so worthy and are so valuable that all of the suffering is worth it. While we should be careful of comparing ourselves to the Apostle Paul, he did have a unique perspective on these things. He said in 2 Corinthians 11, Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger from the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. In toil and hardship... 
Though many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure of me, of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is made to fall? And I am not indignant. If I must boast, I will boast in the things that show my weakness. Paul says in 2 Timothy 2, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Paul had this joy that accompanied the suffering that came because of the gospel because of his love for the church. This all is not to suggest that this role is just drudgery and pain. It's beautiful, and the New Testament reminds us that all those who are in any kind of leadership should do it, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, 1 Peter 5, 2. So prepare to suffer. Number three, hold fast to the gospel. When the hard decisions come, when your flesh raises its head, when suffering comes in, when you fail, remember that the gospel is what motivates it all. Remember not merely what you know, but remember whom you know. This will be important to recall as you fail. Your status as a deacon is not an assurance that you will do your work perfectly. But the gospel is an assurance that even when you do fail, you are known by the Savior. And when you have to make decisions that for the sake of the unity of the church, you can never explain your rationale publicly, this will be a ballast. It will be an anchor to your soul that God sees and God knows even when others can't see and others can't know. 2 Timothy 1 says this, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. It's a ballast. It's an anchor to the soul to remember that you know Christ and he knows you. So three charges to you, Lee. Trenton Baptist Church, I have two brief charges to you. The first is this. Follow Lee as he follows the Bible. This is an uncomfortable and even countercultural truth in our age is very skeptical of authority, especially religious authority. But it is deeply scriptural. 
follow Lee, follow your leaders as they follow the Bible. Hebrews 13, 17 says this. And listen to the logic. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give, have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. The Bible here reminds us why God has given us the gift of deacons and elders. It's because there is a burden of spiritual leadership, a burden that will bring with it an extra measure of judgment from God that must be carried. Friends, this is a weighty frankly, a weighty and heavy thing. When we raise up someone, when we ask someone to carry that burden, we should remember that we have entrusted to them a responsibility that they will have to answer to God for. And so, when they do something and we don't have completely all the information, something that maybe doesn't make sense first blush we should remember that those that we've asked to carry this burden are heading toward a judgment and that should enter into our calculus so friends as Lee carries that burden he will carry it with this knowledge the Bible says that as we do this it is actually spiritually good for us. It's amazing. Praying for, supporting, and following leaders as they follow the Bible. A task which, friends, is not getting any easier. Secondly, church, a similar encouragement to you. Pray for Lee. Pray for his family. And pray for our church. See, this is how preachers get three points in. They just kind of nest them inside of one point, right? Pray for Lee. Pray for his family. And pray for our church. Pray that Lee would be bolstered in his resolve to follow the Bible, come what may. Why? Because when you meet Jesus... You will want to have been led by men who cared what the Bible said and not what people think. Pray for him. This task is not getting any easier. As we survey the landscape of our American church life, we are noticing that opposition to the scriptures and opposition to what the scriptures say, yes, is coming from the outside at an unprecedented rate, but it's actually coming from the inside in a way that is totally unexpected. Church leaders are finding that they're they're not simply having to articulate the gospel to those outside the church walls. They're having to articulate the gospel to those inside the church walls. Pray that Lee would follow the Bible come what may. 
and that his commitment to the scriptures would be able to cut through the noise of every possible distraction. Secondly, point 2B, pray for Lee's family. There is a certain kind of burden carried not only by Lee, but that will be carried by his wife and son. The enemy will seek to cause friction and confusion. He may cause you, Carrie, to wonder why Lee can't share certain information that might just better stay private. He may cause Liam, as Liam grows up, to feel the effects of misunderstood decisions that Daddy had to make. Church, pray for Carrie and Liam. Resolve to meet their needs. Resolve to draw near to them. Resolve to love them as you already have and are doing. And lastly, pray for our church that as it grows in health by God's grace, that we would be wise to expect and to recognize the schemes of the devil. He is active. He is not disinterested in us. He is desiring to divide us. He is willing to use any means necessary to prevent good and healthy things from cropping up in churches. Just as Paul encouraged the church in Corinth not to be outwitted by Satan and ignorant of his designs, we too must be on the lookout for how the enemy would be interested in, quite frankly, throwing a wet blanket on all of the good things that we're seeing happen among us. Lee, we as a church have observed your life and we've examined your doctrine. I have seen you take up towels that no one asked you to take up and to clean messes up that you didn't make. The church has recognized that too. I believe this is a sign of health. And I believe that God will be active in causing others to follow after you. Cling close to Jesus, love the church, suffer for her. Christ won't leave you by yourself. Let's pray. Lord, I have endeavored to give a few simple encouragements tonight. I pray that the truth of them would hit home in our hearts. Um, I pray, Lord, that you um, would give us much more of what we are experiencing tonight. Lord, we pray for Lee. We pray for Carrie. We pray for Liam. pray that you would gird them up, bind them up, give them everything that they need for life and godliness. And we thank you for them. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.